The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Thursdays here at Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, and you are streaming the Huskers, our old boy David Gustafson. Uh, you know what? Road win for a Big Red Baseball, a 6-5 comeback in 10. We'll tell you about it and kind of lay out the particulars. Welcome in, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Numbers to get in, 489-1240. 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. I always get a kick out of Moonbot7 saying, howdy, nerds. Don't know if he's talking. To, I think he's talking to us. Uh, we'll shout out the stream, the starting five, and uh, roll call coming up here in a moment. Hail Varsity YouTube, where you can be a part of this Wonderful community. Uh, subscribe, like, tell a friend, all that good stuff with Hale Varsity YouTube. But before we get there, we do need to ask the question <clears throat> to Connor Clark. How was jail? We we had some, some we, we had some theories in the in the stream yesterday saying Where's Connor? Connor? Where's not Connor? being here yesterday, the day after I'm his never in on Wednesdays. No. I, come on, guys. Because do, you're doing your you have to report to prison. Well, yeah. I got to go do jury duty. <laughs> parole officer. <laughs> got to go see his parole officer, Jake. I got to go get new batteries for my ankle monitor every Wednesday. <laughs> That's do what you? I got to go do. Do you have to call your PO first before you go get the batteries or make your jump and ship? That's uh, classified. <laughs> Connor speaks like a man who's never been on parole. <laughs> I've never been on parole. Oh, Schmitty, you ever been on parole? No, I have not. But I had, I had a, I had a buddy that got into some juvie trouble. How do you do that? How would he do that? Let's just say he ate a bag of mushrooms and threatened a Pizza Hut guy. What? <laughs> I mean, the guy worked for Pizza Hut. He had no, that coming, he, right? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Started off on the wrong foot. No lawsuit. No lawsuit. <laughs> Yeah, a buddy of mine uh, in high school, he lived like three doors down from my now wife, then girlfriend, and we would go visit him because he couldn't come see us. (laughs) You guys brought the mushrooms? No. (laughs) No, he just, he, uh, he, he partook in something illegal and wrong. Uh, freaked out and you threaten a delivery guy. That's no good. You end up with uh, some jewelry around your uh, your ankle, and your summer sucks. Hmm. Lesson to those <laughs> uh, who have children, or m- maybe you are a teen. Uh, don't do it. Who was the? Was it Contavious Caldwell Pope that was playing for the Lakers in an ankle bracelet? <laughs> no. I can't remember who it was. That's uh, funny. The alleged ankle bracelet. No, like he had it like over his sock. Yeah, everyone could just see he had an ankle, the ankle bracelet. Yeah, it was it was Contavious Caldwell Pope. Okay, awful. Okay, CP had to ball for a couple weeks with an ankle bracelet on. <laughs> they got pictures and everything. Did it distract the opposing team's free throw shooting? And it just beeped. Yeah. <laughs> it got louder and louder no, and louder. He, just, he would bend down, but 
before the first free throw and turn the volume up. Now, imagine how nice that's got to be for the parole officer, though, of KCP. Like, oh, you're going to the Lakers game tonight? I'm, I swear, Prove it's it. for work. Uh, it's, it's for work. work. I'm going to make guess sure. What? Our, our I'm going to make sure there. you go. Get me courtside. Yeah. Do it now. Yes. So, uh, good good news as we get off of the Connor in, in, in jail fixation. That took a wrong turn. But, yeah, I, no, I have not had an ankle bracelet ever. Uh, never had to go to court. Probably got caught too many times for speeding as a teen. But there's my confession, okay? Uh, but, yeah, I had a buddy that, that, that made a, a wrong decision uh, uh, under the influence. So, don't do that. Uh, do-do Nebraska baseball. When you're down four runs in the ninth, and you uh, push across forward ahead to extras. That's big. We'll dive into it. Nebraska basketball, they get rolling uh, at 5.30 Central. So we'll have plenty of Husker talk leading up. Brandon Vogel from Counter Reed joins us in about 15 minutes. Uh, he was on a, a pretty cool podcast, and they were talking to Vogues about his latest column, well, uh, a column last week. He did on home field advantage. And uh, with that being said, uh, they asked the, the fair question, has Nebraska football lost its home field advantage? We can chew on that a little bit. Think about how important it's been for this would-be tournament run for Nebraska basketball. Think about that PBA magic where you're 17-1. and one. You've taken down a one seed. At one time, you took down sixth-ranked Wisconsin and uh, they have helped will you back into some games that have been tight, specifically Michigan State and Northwestern. And there's always a play or two, fellas, that sets the crowd off. And then that energy is contagious. And the crowd feeds the players. The players feed the crowd. And it's been just awesome. It's so good at PBA. It needs to come back. It needs to travel just up the road to Memorial Stadium. You start winning ball games. You start winning some tight ball games. It's, uh, it is electric at Memorial Stadium, so we can decide that. FanDuel has uh, the odds out for conference championship in the Big Ten. So Vogue's this hour, Gary Barnett in less than an hour, Daddy Burke with us uh, with Burke's Best Bets, uh, and uh, he'll join us a little bit after 530, 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Catch us on the social media platforms Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence. At C underscore Clark underscore 27 uh, is Connor's Twitter. Mine at Schmidt underscore radio. Tweet at me while I'm in jail. Yeah, because uh, he'll he'll get that drop phone from his roommate uh, in jail. So uh, NU Grandpa is in it first. Jeff checks in second. Moonbot seven third. And Andrew in at four. Crew says hello in at five. And Crew, uh, good for you. Uh, Crew says he's playing hooky. Uh, uh, he play, he's playing hooky to drink alcohol, smoke cigarettes, and play video games. Well done, Crew. Ronnie uh, checks in at six. Patrick in at seven. And uh, Brandon in at uh, nine. So uh, the more the merrier. You're all welcome to jump in. I think we're missing an eight, though. I think Brandon's technically an eight. Yeah, I think he is, too. Uh, don't let anyone ever tell you, Brandon, you're anything lower than an eight. <laughs> All right? You're, you're an eight in our eyes and our eyes only. There we go. But, guys, pretty, uh, pretty interesting day in the sports world for Nebraska. 
and uh, we'll take more of your, I don't want to hear jail stories, but did you have a buddy that had to wear an ankle bracelet? And if, if you want a confession Thursday, go for it. If you, too, had to wear an ankle bracelet, it's all right. I'm going to keep my buddy's name anonymous. Good. Uh, just, just because. I believe he's uh, reformed and married with children. So good on him. But So he's not sitting next to you? No. <laughs> Wait, hey. <laughs> not at all. We, not at we all. let off this conversation by saying I have, I have no experience with an ankle bracelet either. So. Right. Uh, that, that's, that's important. We'll, we'll talk to Vogues about his history. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Vogues, you don't have any criminal history, do you? Uh, no. Next question. So the question is this. I want to ask you about Nebraska basketball. Uh, does Rink or Wiltshire replicate game one? I ask that because here's their numbers their last six games. Rink is averaging six points a ball game. He is four for 17 from the floor. This isn't to dogpile on either. This is just noting their production's dropped off. Meanwhile, you've had Bryce... Uh, and, and you've had uh, uh, Jamarcus Lawrence step in and perform really well. So Nebraska has uh, anywhere between three and five guys that will get double figures on you. You just don't know the three to five that will do it. More so, we'll settle at four. They've been a very balanced attack. But, so, but Rink's numbers, 0 for 6 from three, and he is uh, 4 for 17 from the floor. C.J. Wiltshire shooting 18%, 6 of 33, averaging 2.7 points a game. His last six, he is 2 for 21 from three. Both of them killed Ohio State. Rink went for 36. C.J. came in and hit four threes off the bench for 16. Uh, do both, do, do one need to get going? Do you think one of the two will be a role in in covering that or, or, or winning outright tonight if you're Nebraska? Well, we, Line's three and a half. What, what was the, uh, the, the quote from Connor Clark last week about this Husker basketball? About how they're beautifully inconsistent. Exactly. Exactly. They have a, a good number of guys that could step up. Does somebody need to step up tonight? Yes, absolutely. Will somebody step up tonight? You would think. Does, yes. it, does it need to be one of those two? I would say not necessarily. Not necessarily. Worked, worked pretty well last time both of them stepped but, up but for an easy win. Our good friend Thew chimes in on the stream saying, Jawan Gary has the big game tonight. Um, back-to-back big games for Juan, huh? Saying right. Juwan missed the first matchup against Ohio State as well. That's an added factor of another guy that Ohio mm-hmm. State didn't have to deal with the first time around. I like that answer. Could it be Kise? Sure. Could it be Rinkmash? Sure. I just have a feeling that somebody will get a hot hand tonight and Fred will know when to ride that hot hand. That's what it's going to come down to, and that's kind of the maturity we've seen with this Husker basketball team is you've seen guys forcing it less, more team effort. Maybe it's Sam Hoiberg with some steals off the bench. I mean, there's so many different candidates of being a guy who could step up for this Husker basketball team. That's what makes them dangerous, and, I mean, it's been probably six games since Nebraska didn't have a guy step up in a big-time moment. You have to probably go back to that Northwestern road game. Mm-hmm. I would, I would say it's accurate. I, I have a couple of things to say about this. First of all, I think the fact or the narrative that Rink Mast hasn't been doing as much Not is offensively. kind of being overplayed. Because when you look at his game-by-game numbers, he's in double figures in five of the last seven games, and one of those two games in which he wasn't in double figures, he had eight points. 
So he's still scoring. I get it. He's not, like, lighting it up. But you don't really need him to. And on top of that, he has at least six rebounds in all of those games but one. And that was against Indiana on the road where he wasn't really a factor at all. I like Rank to to have a good game tonight. Obviously, do I think he's going to put up 34-10 and again? No. But he shot the three incredibly well the first time out against Ohio State. But the things he did inside, too, I think Fred did a really nice job of getting him a favorable matchup. I think he matches up well with his Ohio State team. He's tough to guard because he can spread the floor and, and spread things out offensively. So I like Rink to, to have a good game here tonight. I don't know if he'll be the Nebraska's leading scorer or not, but I think he'll have a, a pretty solid impact on the game. If I had to bet who's going to be Nebraska's leading scorer tonight, I'll, I'll give it to Bryce. Mm-hmm. He's been playing very well as of late. And then another thing that I'll say, and this is just about the game in general and maybe people will get mad at me for this, but if Nebraska wins tonight, I have the key in hand to lock up that lock. Okay, gotcha. That's that's what it that's is. That's where you're, I'm you're going. Not, you're not wrong. You, you you get a what fourth quad win quad one win fifth. 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 So they're at one. It fluctuates from time to time depending on what mood K State right. is yeah. in. But yeah, you get a you get a fifth. Yeah, they lock up the NCAA tournament tonight. Period. Yeah. How do, and, and they may have read that on their phones, as friend would say. They, they definitely have. So how do they come out? Do they come out tight? Do they come out loose? Do they come out Illinois ready? Or do they come out Maryland ready? Well, what, what they need to come out with is defensive intensity. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's what one it comes down to. That's travel. When Nebraska goes on the road, how many times this season have you heard such and such team is shooting the best percentage they have from behind the arc all season long. This is the most three-pointers they've hit in a game all year long. Yada, yada, yada. The list goes on on five or six times Nebraska's gone on the road this season, and it's been that story of, man, this team hasn't shot the ball like this all year long. Whenever it's a trend like that, you don't look at the opponent, you look at the defense. So I, I think it starts with Nebraska defensively stepping up and and making plays, having that, that full effort, doing the, the little things, the fundamentals at a very, very high level. Indiana. Exactly. And what happens, you come out with a 15-point victory aside from that five-minute stretch where everybody in Nebraska had to clinch. I mean, you have so many moments this season on the road where it's been the defense that's let you down. Like, that's what I think it comes down to is, is if Nebraska wants to set the tone in this game tonight, the first five minutes, first ten minutes of this game, you need to have the best defensive intensity you've had all year. Because Ohio State's got good feelings going on. They're playing at home. They've had that boost of, of firing their coach and going with the interim. You need to make sure they don't have good feelings to start out in this game, and it starts to me on the defensive side of the floor. And, and what flipped that in round one against Ohio State, Bruce Thornton was killing Nebraska. I think the Buckeyes were up eight early on they against were. Nebraska. And uh, insert uh, the, the, the mayor, Jr. Uh, Sammy Hoiberg came in, locked up uh, Bruce Thornton, and Ohio State was never the same. It was that defense that you mentioned, Elijah. And I know Illinois kind of did their thing offensively, but you saw better effort defensively against Illinois. You saw MIA against Northwestern. They perceivably have turned the quarter with their Indiana outing in their, their last three games in Lincoln have been very high-level defensive intensity. So, yeah, it's going to be about the defense. they got to shut Thornton down and then find some folks to either stay hot, if you're Bryce, if you're Jawan, for sure, but uh, get some running mates with you. And it could be a couple of running mates that have not been as consistent on offense. We may also not see Jamison Battle Mm -hmm. on the other side tonight. He's questionable. 
Um, I don't believe he played in their last game. I think he was out at Michigan State. So we'll we'll see what updates we have there. But I would say that's a pretty significant out and, if, if he if he doesn't play. And what I think that could really open up is the potential for Mass to find <laughs> Gary in that down kind of that dunker spot that you've seen them running a lot of a lot of the season. If Battle's not out, you look for that that game between Mast at the high post, Joan Gary down on the baseline, ready for a pass. I'll watch out for that if Battle's not playing tonight. Crew has had a little bit of a confession Thursday with being handcuffed. We'll get to that. Uh, your jail stories somehow. Uh, Brandon Vogel talks next from Counter Read. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Hope you're doing all right on a Thursday, Husker baseballer. Comeback win. We'll get to it a little bit. Six to five. It, uh, the College of Charleston will check in with Brandon Vogel in a minute. He'll be joining us via the stream. Can watch the show with Hale Varsity YouTube, Hale Varsity Twitter at HVarsity Radio, and of course uh, ESPN 590, uh, Omaha's ESPN, that Twitter feed from them, the uh, KFOR Sports Twitter. And you hear us, of course, in central Nebraska on the Superstation News Talk 900. In Columbus as well, four eight nine twelve forty. So, crew uh, dove in, and somehow we got on the topic of ankle bracelets because the joke of Connor going to jail for his twenty second birthday uh, that was not accurate. Crew says I've been handcuffed for being mistook for using the bathroom in the back of someone's truck bed outside of the bars, but I was let go. Thank you, Officer. Brandon Vogel wonders what he just walked into. That reminds me of a story of another friend of mine here in downtown Lincoln who was walking back to his apartment after a night on the town, and a a police officer pulls up next to him and asks if he's doing all right where he's going to, and he explains the situation. Yes, officer. When the officer says, oh, hey, you want a ride? I can get you a ride to your apartment. He's like, yeah, I almost said his name. Uh, He's like, yeah, sure, I'd I'd, I'd love a ride. So the officer says, all right, let me just pat you down, make sure you don't have any weapons on you or anything. And he pats him down, puts him in the the car, and they start driving off. And and my friend goes, you're going the wrong way. And the officer goes, no, I'm not. And he goes, you're not taking me home, are you? And the officer goes, no. And he's he's been a night in the drunk tank. (laughs) Wow. No good. Vogue's uh, no easy way to transition. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, sounds like I'm doing better than Elijah's friend was yes, that night, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Vogue's big night for Nebraska. We'll stay with Ohio State Nebraska here. Get your thoughts on this uh, matchup before we get into uh, a recent pod appearance and the topic again, a home field advantage. But home field's been great, PBA per se, for Nebraska basketball, 17-1. and one. It's not been so great for Nebraska football. They look to to fix that. But first things first, how about a second road win for Fred and company tonight in conference? It would be pretty big. Um, Nebraska, you know, a slight underdog in this game, um, probably a slight underdog for the last time in the regular season. They should be favored. It's certainly at home over Rutgers and over Michigan on on the road in the the regular season finale. So this is kind of the one where – when we were looking at it maybe a week or two out, you know, you're like, ah, that, that one might be kind of tough. Nebraska's played really well of late. So I kind of view this as a, a, a little bit of maybe bump the ceiling up a tiny bit um, because I think at this point um, nothing's changed from, from the last time I spoke to you guys. Like I, I would say at this point, Nebraska's pretty safely in. And I think most of the projections say that. 
uh, in, in terms of the NCAA tournament, this becomes then an opportunity to to show that Nebraska is not just in, but maybe they're closing the regular season on a, on a real run of momentum here. Um, and and then we can stop worrying about uh, stop. Well, with a win tonight, you stop worrying about, I think, is, is Nebraska in? Do they have the resume to be there to like, could this team do something in the NCAA tournament other than just get there? It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, one of the things that Connor brought up, and it might be on the team's mind tonight, is is it win tonight in your lock for the NCAA tournament? Is that the, the place you're at with another quad one opportunity tonight? And obviously, a loss against Michigan or a loss against Rutgers wouldn't look great, but you think that the resume that they've built combined with another quad one victory tonight might be enough. Do you, do you feel the same? I do. I, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think getting to, to 21 wins, you know, based on some of the models that are out there is kind of the point where things tip pretty definitively in, in Nebraska's in favor. And, and they're right on the cusp of that. They've got three chances left to, to get that, that remaining win. Um, and, to do it tonight against a quad one team uh, would, would be, would be, would be a bonus. Um, and, you know, it, like, I don't know how much the, the committee ends up looking at this, but they flashed it during Nebraska's last game. You know, the absence of quad three or four losses, um, I think speaks to, speaks to where this team is too. Um, so not in any danger of that tonight. Uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of all upside from, from my perspective uh, for the Huskers tonight in Columbus. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. I was watching some things earlier today, and the topic of Fred Hoiberg being Big Ten Coach of the Year is quite a popular one on the hardwood. Uh, would you agree that he is the front runner? I, I think so. Um, you know, it, it showed up during during the Huskers' last game too. Uh, ben Jacobson probably will have will have some support, um, but. For, for Hoiberg, you know, when you stack all of his seasons to this point, and it's it's been kind of a, a strange and twisty and turry ride um, over his time at Nebraska, but you just look at it, the win total has increased each year, um, culminating in this year so far. I, now, I, it, it takes some special circumstances at a lot of places, I think, for a coach to be in, you know, year five before before you're kind of knocking on the tournament door. But here they are, um, and, and I think Nebraska has – this Nebraska team, when we look at the parts it had in the offseason, um, new players, returning players, et cetera, I think it was clear, at least to me, that, that Hoiberg liked the potential of this team. I think they're close to maximizing like what they're, what they're capable of at this point. Um, and, and if you can do that, uh, that's, that's the recipe for coach of the year contention in any sport, I think. Vogues, uh, you were on a podcast this week, uh, and and they were talking about your story uh, when it comes to, to home field. What what's your your feeling here? Why is Nebraska so good, apples and oranges at home in basketball? But why has it been less than uh, difficult? It, it it's probably been difficult, but the results haven't looked that way for Nebraska at home at Memorial stadium. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to answer. I would, uh, the thing that I would point to, or at least theorize is, you know, 
the difference in history between the two programs. Like Pinnacle Bank Arena is still new enough, and it's just a nice place to go to go watch a basketball game. It's convenient in terms of its location. Um, and Nebraska, of course, has never lacked for fan support for for any sport. But when you when you look at the Huskers as the only kind of major major basketball team that hasn't won an NCAA tournament game, um, you kind of go into those games, I think, a little bit freer. Nebraska uh, football has so many expectations, um, all earned uh, based on their their storied history, that. I think the mindset's just different when you go to a Husker football game, particularly of late, and you've had so many close losses, you kind of, uh, it's a little like basketball. In basketball, through its history, you're ready for, you're waiting for the other foot to drop. Football, it seems strange to have that kind of sense of panic if you're of a certain age um, and, and lived through, you know, sort of at least pieces of the Osborne era. Um, much less anything beyond that. Like, I think it's just, there's so much more tension around football um, playing at home that just doesn't exist for basketball, I don't think. Well, Brent, as you talk home field advantage as well, does the the plans, the, the, the demolition and, and construction of South Stadium, does that make you feel better about home field advantage in the future? It's lowering the the capacity of Memorial Stadium, but you might get some seats that are closer to the stadium, that, that student section move closer to the stadium. Is that good for... Uh, the the environment Memorial Stadium is it bad for it? Time will tell. What's your take there? Um, I think it it has the potential to be to be a positive. Um, I definitely don't look at it as as a negative. Um, and I mean, I guess if we're talking about you know a ten year look back of Nebraska's performance relative to expectations at home, um, maybe changing something is good. I mean, ultimately, I think the only thing that that kind of flips the the home field advantage a little bit back on for Nebraska in football is is simply winning winning some big some big games there in particular. I mean, you're always going to schedule, you know, uh, a handful of games non-conference that you're you're probably going to win. And Nebraska still has won those for the most part. Yeah, they lost to Troy and they lost to Georgia Southern and, and Northern Illinois. Um, but for the most part, they still win those games. They just don't play quite as well as expected based on based on the numbers that are out there um but when's the last one last like big home game nebraska's won uh in, in terms of football Oregon? In, in in 2015 when yeah, you were that's nine, four and, yeah i mean you, you it's nine years dude <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, and in terms of ranking, it certainly was, but it was kind of like that was kind of like, oh, you know, this was a nice dessert at the end of a of a meal that wasn't all that great, um, you know. So at least we got at least we got Try the save good coffee. <laughs> oh, that's um, ice cream. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you can go Oregon twenty sixteen. I mean, that was a college yeah, that, football playoff that, team they beat in twenty fifteen. Yeah, that's probably that's probably close with what we knew about those two teams then, and and you know Nebraska would go on to have a good 2016, Oregon would not, but that that felt like a pretty big game. I mean, there's just there's there's not an easy one to point to. Like we have to kind of like throw out candidates and like well, what what if we talk about this one? And I think that's the point. Like um, because what you want home field to be is even if you're a program that's maybe struggling a little bit or in the midst of, you know, a, a rebuild, you would hope that 
you can you can just knock one of these teams off at home, even if you're not quite there yet, even if it's a little bit lucky, which I guess is kind of what what that Michigan State win was in 2015. One more thing, one more difference between Pinnacle Bank Arena and Memorial Stadium, Brandon, alcohol. You have yeah. bars very close to Pinnacle Bank Arena and beer sales inside the arena. You have to sneak yours in, Vogues, to, to Memorial Stadium. Uh, Let's not say you. Let's say one would have to. Right. Well, <laughs> Vogues never had to sneak anything in. Uh, so I, I, I'm interested. That That is – I just wonder. It would be fun to to do a straw poll next Big Ten media, ten media days, even with the new look Big Ten, and say, all right, do, do you think of Nebraska as a place, man, I don't ever want to go back there and play again. And that's been a long, long time since that's probably been in the back of somebody's mind, an opponent. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree. Um, it's, uh, and it's, it's, it's hard because the places, you know, it's always full. Um, people are there, they're excited, they're, they're ready to like have an impact on the game. And so often, like it's just. It's it's been hard um, in terms of how a lot of those games have unfolded. A, a lot of times, it feels like that opportunity doesn't even exist. Vogues, two minutes on the other side. I need to hear about Connor Reed. Can you hang on? Sure. All right. It's Brandon Vogel. Uh, we'll be back after this. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. Gary Barnett coming up in 25 minutes. Thoughts on the college football playoff shakeup. Bogues, I know you wrote about uh, 14 being that new number with the college football playoff. And uh, you've got your uh, your automatic qualifiers. And the Big Ten and I think the, the TV mind with Petiti will rub off on the SEC. Uh, with those automatic qualifiers, making sure there is must-see TV regular season. And you go to 14. I know we're hop-skipping and jumping from 12, but 14 is that NFL model uh, with your AFC-NFC title game, and uh, you'll get your best runner-up in the conference title game as it looks, and your uh, participant and your conference champion winner. Man, what do you think of this smoke with uh, with Notre Dame and A&M and uh, expansion here is they are uh, moving towards 14 uh, before the, the ink is dry for 12. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it. Um, so <laughs> I can't, I can't be surprised. The, like the entire history of the sport is, is one of being essentially ungoverned in which the, the powerful uh, continue to, to tilt the field to get more powerful. I mean, look, I went back and analyzed the previous 10 years uh, of college football playoff rankings, you know, looking at it as if we had a 12 team playoff and found then, you know, the big 10 and the sec are basically going to average four. So it's like, well, what if we expand this to 14? um, And instead of just knowing we're probably going to get, we're going to get three teams in every year in in the sec and the big 10. What if we could get four? Um, that's going to happen most of the time. It's like, let's legislate into the game that we get three every year. Um, and, you know, the the revenue split, like the tough thing with this 14-team proposal that's out there is like, kind of can't argue with it. It's like, yeah, the Big Ten and the SEC are providing the most value. But it just like, it's it's further 
professionalization mm-hmm. in, in my mind, which uh, as somebody who doesn't watch a ton of NFL, cause it just doesn't appeal to me that much. Like uh, I, I feel bad for kind of like the remaining half to two thirds of the sport that so clearly with this proposal just doesn't matter. It's just like, you, you don't have the leverage to make any of these calls. Like it's, it's the big 10, the SEC uh, will throw an extra spot in for the ACC and the big 12, which they'll be happy with. Cause Hey, it's an extra spot. Vogues, let's uh, wrap up here. Rule would have had a couple of his Baylor teams in the playoff, correct? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think just just the one, just 2019 mm-hmm. would have made it. The one that lost to Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12 title game, is that o- right? Okie State or? Oklahoma State, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that, one, that one, I think I think that one would have, that team would have made it. Um, and then, well, his Temple team's, his final year there was what? Oh no, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, his temple teams weren't, I don't think, close enough to to get that automatic G5 spot. Um, they got outranked basically by by some other top ranked G5 champion in in those years. But yeah, he would have been there once. What's coming up with Counter Read? Tell us how folks can get locked in with it and what you do. Yeah, you can just visit us at counterread.com. It's a twice-weekly Substack newsletter from myself and Aaron Sorensen, um, twice-weekly for, for paid subscribers. Uh, we also put out a couple of free free pieces each week if you want to test us out. Um, I've got a free piece coming tomorrow. Um, it's kind of a discussion starter uh, because I've been puzzling over this. I don't know who Nebraska's best football player is in 2024, and I don't know why that's important to me, um, but I think it's an important question. So kind of kind of put that out to put that out to our readers and, and hopefully start a discussion and, uh, and write a little bit more about that next week. That is an interesting. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote Ty. He's he's in there. My 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 real dark horse. Um, and, and, and to define this, like, um, sorry, not to take up too much. More no, time. dude, you, uh, you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pull the, pull the plug on as you go for it. You take all the time you need. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the guy that, that opposing coaching staffs have to worry about. They're like, oh gosh, this guy, he's, he's still there. We got to deal with that. I think Robinson's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think Hopmacher's in that conversation. I think Tommy Hill might be in that conversation but it's interesting because i kind of went through this process which you can read about tomorrow uh yeah get signed up for the newsletter it's good um it was easy back in uh you know sue in 2009 probably <laughs> prince in 2010 david in, in 2011 though mm-hmm. taylor martinez would have gotten a lot of a lot of run for that too amir 2014 well and what's interesting about this discussion is i think Randy gregory 2014 i think the individual who might be the best on the team right now may not be the best on the team come week four of the season with how Matt Roll and his development works. So you look, at, you look at what Jalen Lloyd put together at the end of last season. What does he look like with another offseason development? Is he now a guy that is uh, a true threat to Big Ten defenses? Could get in that argument. Prince Will did really, really well last year in his opportunities. Could that be a guy that by midseason is now a guy that's leading the defense? There's, there's other options besides the names that are, are kind of obvious, the guys that were really big contributors last year. Yeah, it's it's an interesting question to consider. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get some conversation around that, and uh, we got time to get it figured out before before spring football starts. So it's uh it's interesting, you know. Some some teams you just you have that guy where it's like, well, there you go, it's it's him. Uh, <laughs> and Nebraska in twenty twenty four, I don't think is a team that that I can say that um, about yet. 
Vogues, we'll check in on Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Good stuff from Brandon Vogel. Get him locked up with Counter Reed. Counterreed.com. Him and Aaron Sorensen. Awesome stuff as always. I tell you what, how have we made it this far in the offseason and not gotten to that question of who is the best player on the it's a it's such a basic question, but it's kind of you skip right over. You don't really think about it. It's the polar bear because he's awesome. That's sure. Why. Well, that's I mean, my reasoning. you've got two game wreckers on the interior. Mm-hmm. And it all starts on the line. Well, well, there's a quote from Searles a couple years ago that what the Husker defense was looking for, and this is back in the Frost era, was a guy that all offenses in their week of game prep have to circle mm-hmm. and say, if we don't take care of this guy, we're screwed. Does Nebraska have that next season with the combination of Ty and Nash? I don't think either of them necessarily are you that. Take, you take one out. I mean, think about when, when Sue had Crick next to him mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. I mean, both. Sue went for 12 and a half sacks. Crick went for eight and a half or nine. He had four or five against Baylor, I think, was player of the of, of the week, national player of the week, because, well, we're going to put the whole damn line blocking Sue, so Jared Crick is going to go off. I remember that game, because that was one of the last Husker games that was on pay-per-view. That's right. <laughs> that was a thing? No, know it was. You don't, it you, was on the Versus Network. You had to pay for it. Yeah, oh our, 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 our old friend, friend uh, the quarterback, Kelly, helped me out here. Kelly uh, from, uh, from from Rushville, Nebraska. Kelly Stoffer. Stoff- yeah, Stoffer started out doing his stuff on Versus. And it used to I be forgot like- about the Versus network. That's crazy. <laughs> and it used to be like pay-per-view for Nebraska's crappy non-con games against like Louisiana Lafayette. But Baylor was one of the last ones where it was still pay-per-view because Baylor was really, really bad that year. Before every and any game was on whatever plus network. And, you know, I remember dropping – I had to to really lobby as a kid to 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 watch Nebraska Oklahoma because Oklahoma and Oklahoma State got a two year TV ban <laughs> for cheating and uh, yeah I, I wanted to see uh, Jerry Gadowski's last game he's Nebraska's quarterback for a year after Steve Taylor the really good team that just didn't have enough against Colorado and Florida State but. Yeah, we had to drop the twenty five ninety nine down to, to watch Nebraska pay-per-view versus Oklahoma. We'll wind down Hour 1 at Tail Varsity Radio. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Gary Barnett, 10 minutes away. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and we'll uh, hear a little bit from Fred Hoiberg from from yesterday's media session, Nebraska and Ohio State get going here uh, very shortly. And I was going to say, do we bump up our stake in a beer bet by an hour or no? We could. We could do it now. I guess. It's, I know it's kind of weird, but I'm I'm all right with it. Elijah, are you good? The, the line right now is three and a half. Ohio State over under says this thing's like seventy four to seventy. Uh, real quick, buckle up, and I'm not telling you about that for tonight's game <laughs> because it's a road adventure, but use your seatbelt, uh, and uh, it does save lives. It prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, make it click. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Let's do our steak and a beer just because we could uh, cheat a little bit and, and do our steak and a beer uh, uh, with an in-game bet. <laughs> so uh, I will start first. Man, uh, give me the points. Kiss of death. Give me Nebraska. 
Mm. on the road, 77-71. Free throws. You shouldn't have done that because now I have to go the other way. It's been a tradition in State and Beer. Whoever goes first and has the most confidence always loses. It's wrong. (laughs) Um, But you're taking the points. Wait, wait, wait. What's your final score again? 77-71. Outright. I will go Ohio State to win and cover slightly 72-68. to Okay. Half point. I think I'm getting the key out. Oh, I, you're, you're locking I, it up. I, I think I'm locking it well, in. You and I agree things are bad. I, I, I think I'm locking it in tonight. I Actually, think Nebraska no. We, wins. We, we agreed uh, home game. It's when Schmidt and I agree that things tend to get bad. Yes, okay. Yeah. But – I, I think Nebraska wins. I think they're playing too well right now. I know Ohio State's playing well, but they got to come down from the high at some point. Mm-hmm. They don't have their head coach. I know they played well without him, but at some point the reality is going to set in, and I think this Nebraska team's playing with probably the most confidence that they've had all year. So I'm going to go Nebraska on the road. I think the defense continues to do its thing. I'm going to go Nebraska 74 and Ohio State 68. The one wild card to me here with this game tonight, and I know we're, we're kind of running no, no, against no, it's, it, it's, is, is the fact that, on one hand, I think Nebraska could come in with the sense of, of confidence with what happened to Indiana, that they've gotten the monkey off their back in the road game. They're not going to bring that same level of intensity that's required to go on the road. But on the other side, I look at it and say, I think if any team is going to be motivated like with the, the leadership and the, the veteran nature of this group to go out there and be top four in the Big Ten and get that double bye. They understand that. I mean, I don't think this team is looking at the Big Ten tournament as like, oh, we can gloss past that. The NCAA tournament's what we want. It's a team that wants to go far in the Big Ten tournament. I think they want that top four spot, and that could lead to the intensity. Those are the two things I'm wrestling with in terms of what type of Nebraska do we see tonight. Nebraska is Will Ferrell and old school hitting the beer bong. Okay? They got that first road win. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Uh, so, yeah, Nebraska is, is trying to, to get a beer bong road victory. Uh, that's that's what I'm comparing it to. They like, they saw, they understood what it took at Indiana. Uh, you've got another wounded team in Ohio State where there's disarray. Go handle it. Go get it figured out. We'll, uh, we'll see how they start. Good teams take care of business. That beer, they do. Beer bong road victory sounds like a bad band name. Or uh, <laughs> a long weekend. Or a gr- maybe a great album name. Yeah, yeah, or a way to get a, an ankle bracelet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good callback. There we go. <laughs> Gary Barnett, uh, we will talk to him about uh, the landscape of college football. It's Hale Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. We welcome in the Hall of Fame coach with Colorado and Northwestern. Hall of Fame player down at Missouri. I said Missouri, not Missouri. It's Gary Barnett with us. Coach, how's, <laughs> how's the week doing? How you been? Uh, doing well, Chris. Just living the dream down here. It's been nice. A lot of golf. So, weather's hung in there pretty well. Uh, just watching everything unfold and... Uh, college football yeah there is a ton to get to and 
I got to ask if you're a dog whisperer. Uh, we have a new addition to the Schmidt household. He's a Bernadoodle. He's going to be a monster. He came with a saddle. Sterling uh, likes to bite mommy and daddy. Cosmo, I make that Kramer. Your pup is, is he behaved or is it just a me thing? No, he's still a puppy. He he still likes a little bite. He he doesn't bite hard anymore, but he he still wants to play all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, no, this is a work in progress. I, and I think Shih Tzus are a little bit stubborn. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's he's only eight months, I think, maybe not. Yeah, closer to eight. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're gonna give him a little time. After that, he's got to grow up pretty faster. He's going to have to find a new home. I don't mean that, but uh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, he. Uh, Sterling was biting mommy's new couch or newer couch, and him and I had to have a talk. I'm like, look, dude, I can't help you. You keep chewing on her couch. <laughs> she will. Uh, <laughs> she will uh, be very unpleasant. How unpleasant is it going to get, Coach Barnett, in the world of college football? As we were, you know, we've fast forwarded to the topic of 14 teams, but how do you see things uh, negotiating slash shaking out with everybody else and then the SEC and the Big Ten when it comes to automatic qualifiers here for the future of the playoff? Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be unpleasant or just uncomfortable Mm. for everybody, but it's... uh, it's sure going to be different. And going to the 14 playoffs, I mean, with with, with two conferences having three automatic berths, uh, you know, I think I think for the, you know, I, I think overall, looking inside out, if you're if you're in there, if you're in the SEC or the Big Ten or even the Big 12, any of these conferences, you're, you're probably excited that the opportunity is going to come. Um, these things always bring about unintended consequences and all we can do is really speculate what those might be. And those might be unpleasant, but um, it'll be interesting to see how bowls survive. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying they won't, I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see how they, it plays out with that. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> my guess is the group of five isn't going to be extremely happy about this. Mm-hmm. Um, to think that you're taking, you know, 10 teams from the major conferences and you throw Notre Dame in there as a possibility. Um, I mean, the opportunities for them, there'll still be one for sure and maybe more, but um, it doesn't look like to me that we're expanding opportunities in that direction, unless there's just a really good team that, you know, ends up being ranked in the top 14. Um you know, as I look at it from afar now and, and sort of away from it, I don't see I don't see how 14 teams really exist in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but doesn't mean they won't. They'll have a chance. I mean, it'll go on. It'll be like the like the uh, basketball tournament, and it'll create a lot of interest. Uh, but I do think that uh, the bowls may be in jeopardy here, at least bowls as we know them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I and I don't know what other unintended consequences will be, but we never know those. They just come up all of a sudden. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Right now, as it sits, 
the five automatic qualifying spots, three for the Big Ten, three for the SEC. That's the word that's being floated out, two for the Big 12, two for the ACC, one for the group of five. And then you get a spot for Notre Dame, three at-large teams. And there was some some speculation that, that Notre Dame and A&M may be thinking about the Big Ten what do you believe, and do you think the ACC and the Big 12 are in some danger of getting swallowed up by the SEC and the Big 10? Well, sure. I think that's been imminent. All that's been imminent for the last ten, five years for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Notre Dame going to the Big 10 is not a surprise. That I think I've said this before. My second year in the Big 10 – uh, 94, I think, 93, 94, uh, it, it was, we were sure Notre Dame was going to join the Big Ten. Wow. Absolutely sure. And and I think all the administrators wanted it, and it made so much sense, uh, and in the long run would have been good for, the, for, for Notre Dame, but its fan base didn't want to do it. And so uh, that's what happened. And then you look at... Notre Dame's choices, and and it's it um, two years ago, three years ago, or you know a few more than that when they joined the ACC in basketball. The reason that Notre Dame is leans towards the ACC is because of the number of private schools okay. in the ACC. There's only one private school in the Big Ten, and that's Northwestern. Uh, well, now, uh, yeah, there's only one. So. Um, in the ACC now, uh, and by adding Stanford, uh, you've got another one. You've got six uh, private schools. And private schools uh, at times need people to be on their side. They need to have a cohesive voice. And when you've got five or six of them, you can, you can have a stronger voice, obviously. And I think that was the big reason why Notre Dame was leaning more towards the ACC. It's just because they had alliances with other private schools at that time. So I, I can see it happening in the Big Ten. It makes a lot of sense. But uh, especially uh, since the Big Ten has sort of outpaced now the ACC, mm-hmm. as has the SEC, it's, uh, you know, we all know it's going to go to eventually two big divisions, and SEC and Big Ten, and then who's in those is going to make a difference. So, I don't think being in the ACC, I, I think you're right, they're going to get swallowed up the Florida States and the Clemsons of the world, maybe the North Carolinas, and and Notre Dame would certainly fit into that mix. I don't understand, uh, you know, A&M going to the Big Ten makes no sense to me, but, you know, I'm not doing it, so. Is, is it, they, they hate Texas, and Texas hates A&M, and I don't think they're real thrilled about Texas joining the SEC, a uh, and part of the AAU. Would they do it? To, could they do it just to get away? I know there's a buyout clause that was put in two years ago with the SEC, but, but A&M just told Jimbo to go away for $90 million, So, I mean, my money's not a yeah. – this is crazy money, though. I mean, that I would I would assume uh, – and I think the Big Ten would love to probably get into Texas. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's part of that. You never say never or always. And so anything could happen in the way things are going. You know, how long can A&M keep running away from Texas is my question. And so, um, 
Uh, they're already in the best football conference in the country. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to make sense to me, but who knows, uh, it, you know, where this is going. It, I think sometimes they just float this by uh, sportscasters and, and uh, uh, people who do radio shows like you and me mm-hmm. uh, to have something to talk about. Well, it's kind of been it's been fun. I mean, I love picking your brain on it. Want to pick your brain on how about three signing days? Because coaches don't get time off anymore, apparently. December, February, and now summertime. What do you think of this? Moving the December back to that Wednesday after the conference title games. I think July or June is what I saw, and then uh, that that. Would would now be a third signing day that that first Wednesday in February that t- t- used to be the signing day is three enough is three too many does it matter because you're going to go to the portal anyway? <laughs> well, I, I, what you just said makes a lot of sense. It it doesn't really matter. I mean, it used to be you you literally you're making a decision that's going to affect the rest of your life, and that's how kids and parents looked at it, and um, that that isn't true anymore. So it, it uh, I think they're just trying to simplify, simplify things, get, get things done quickly. Uh, you know, coaches are making so much money, they don't need a vacation anymore. So um, it's, I don't think that's a piece of it. But I do think that it's, it's just not that as important a decision now as it used to be. And it'll, it's, it'll seem that way to the kids signing. But um, everybody knows now that 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 is you know that isn't worth the paper it's written on anymore. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio Coach. You've covered college football for a lot of years, and I'm really intrigued by this quarterback draft class. This time of year, we talk about who's coming out quite a bit, and you've got the combine around the corner. And just to, to name off some of the, the quarterbacks, you've got Nicks and Daniels, of course, Caleb Williams, Dre, uh, Drake May, Penix, and I'm, I'm forgetting probably five more names. But of the kids I've just mentioned, who do you like? I mean, what, what quarterback, Gary Barnett's now in the front office of an NFL franchise, who would you circle? What is there a, is there a, a top tier? Is there a one, two, three for you or – do you think it's so deep that uh, you're a, a franchise that needs a quarterback? You may not get the best guy, but you could get a really good guy. Yeah, well, I think the the Broncos are in the middle of this thing too. They're they they're going to jump in and mm-hmm. be part of this. So I watch it a little bit closer. I, I think Caleb Williams and I think Jalen Daniels uh, at LSU uh, would be my first two choices, no matter what. Uh, Drake May is going to be a system guy, but a good system guy. Um, Bo Nix, I think, is an outstanding leader and a guy that's that's going to uh, take a good franchise and make it better. Uh, I don't know if he's going to create a Joe Burrow kind of situation, but I do think that he's he's uh, he's going to make it. He's going to be a good player. Um, you know, there's there's a number of guys like that out there, but uh, you know, I think Penix is the same way. I think Penix is a he's just a guy that people are going to rally around, and he's going to be a good player at that league, and uh, he's going to be a system guy as well. But he can make all the throws. So there's there's you know six six.
guys out there that I think Chris can all mm-hmm. make it. But I think the two guys that can turn a whole uh, program around, the Caleb Williams and Daniels from LSU. Well, and Justin Fields, you've seen him up close and, you know, Sounds like Atlanta's the spot, and there's a lot of weapons, really good college football players that ended up in Atlanta when you look at the skill guys, and I don't know where Atlanta's offensive line is right now, but if Fields ends up back home in Atlanta, I mean, do we give up on quarterbacks too soon, Coach? Because, I mean, maybe a change of scenery's going to work for Fields because, you know, Chicago will go all in on Caleb Williams. Well, I, I don't know whether we give up too soon, but it's so important that you have to have a special one yeah. uh, in the NFL now and, and really in college. I mean, you don't go anywhere without a quarterback. It used to be a quarterback was, a uh, you know, handing the ball off to a few passes, but now he's a whole offense and it, and it revolves around him. And so you have to keep trying to find a quarterback because you're not going to be uh, a premier team in your league or your conference or your level unless you have one. So you got to keep looking. And there, apparently there's enough money out there that you can, you know, you can you know, throw one away and go get another one pretty easily. Last thought, Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, Eric Bieniemy is uh, back in college. He's off to UCLA as the OC uh, for Coach Foster. Uh, surprised by this? What do you think? Uh, no, I'm not surprised because I think Eric coached Deshaun. And, uh, you know, if you're Deshaun Foster, it's a pretty smart move because he hasn't been a head coach. Uh, I don't even know if he's been a coordinator, but for him to go pick up somebody who has and um, uh, someone of Eric's, uh, you know, ability mm-hmm. and his stature, that uh, it's a good move for him. I mean, he's going to have – He's going to have all Eric's experience there in that room with him to help him as a head coach, but also uh, run a program, uh, run an offense. So I think it's a good move. And there's there's got to be a lot of wow factor, doesn't there, with B. Enemy in his his resume for potential recruits? I'd think. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know how to gauge that anymore. But uh, um, you know, as we get older, there's less wow factor about older guys, so it's more about the younger guys. So the enemy's getting up there. So. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, doesn't, <laughs> wasn't yesterday that he was going, what, for five touchdowns, right? <laughs> In Lincoln. Uh, Gary Barnett with us. Coach, you take care and have a good weekend. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Good to spend time with Barty, uh, get his thoughts on a lot of things in the world of college football. We'll talk some Husker baseball in uh, just a moment, but do we have a revision, Elijah Herbal? We might. We, we've got some news in on Thornton. We might Thor- not Thornton segment. Mellon from back to school, but Thornton the uh, well, headache for Ohio State. Hale yeah. Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Back in Burke's Best Bets. Daddy Burke in 15 minutes. Get his take on some props or just maybe some money makers for you in the world of pro and college. 
Hail Varsity, we're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Connor Clark. Reminder about your friends at the Supernovas. Uh, still time to be a part of the incredible experience at CHI with the Supernovas. Pro Volleyball, Nebraska's very own supernovas.com. Uh, log on, get your single game tickets, or maybe still time to uh, to do that season ticket thing. And uh, the roster is loaded with uh, NCAA Olympians, national champions, All-Americans, the best of the best. And uh, go see them today with the Supernovas, supernovas.com, where you can log on and find out. Okay, Thornton out for Ohio State. Likely. Likely. Likely out. And we know this. Uh, apparently, he's been dealing with a migraine today. Yeah, I was going to say, out of all things, he's got a migraine. And and that's why Schmitty threw in the, he's been the headache. Maybe it's Ohio a headache. State. That was smooth. Yeah. Anyway, he is uh, confirmed to not be one of the starters for Ohio State last night. So you can read into that how you will. Um, considering a guy that started, I think, every game for the Buckeyes this year, not in the lineup, you can assume he's out. Um, but we don't have any official confirmation. Can that you he's can not you lying. send nil money to uh, opposing players to not play? No. I'm just asking out loud for the class. <laughs> no. No. No, I I'm just I'm just wondering. I'm gonna I'm gonna second that no. It's, it's the wild west <laughs> of NIL, but something tells well, me that cross like like you still can't advertise let's see. It has to be related to or it cannot be related to on field performance. Okay. Which I think would apply to that, but then you also have like the it can't be advertising. So for if, beer if you're or any anything. So if like you're that. the WNBA and Caitlin Clark is declared for the draft, what what possible signing bonus can you give her that's going to top what Iowa NIL's feeding her? Better be something sweet or she just wants to move on. Sorry to, to switch gears here midstream, but that that's somewhat newsworthy today. But back to, to Nebraska, are you changing your bet? I think I might be. How did the number jump? I think we had a, a, an expert in the stream here, Hale Varsity YouTube watch the show and subscribe and like and then be a part of the community and give us your thoughts on uh, all sorts of things. Uh, Katie, KG Kids for Life uh, says, never forgot that Eric Bieniemy got into a fight in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, so there's there's some Bieniemy love in the stream. But, I mean, the, the line jumped, and it sounds like that was more towards the VIG. And it should note that within the past 30 minutes, line has dropped to points Ohio State minus 2.5. With that in mind, I will be flipping my stake in a beer bet. A late moving. So line. we're all were you that's, unanimous? That's only worth a point so far. I mean, this is late breaking news. In that's I mean, true. this could change more in the next three minutes before opening tip. Better um, hurry. But I will say, and I'm going to better come hurry to the book. Right, be- right before the end. <laughs> you got thirty seconds. Yeah, run. <laughs> <laughs> right at the death, Elijah Herbal will be changing his pick. He will be taking Nebraska outright tonight because Thornton's not in. Jamison Battle is in the starting lineup, so that's something to note. Okay, so he, he is, is playing. He is, in fact, going to be playing, but Thornton's going to be out. I think that's enough for me to swing it back to Nebraska. I'm not sure Ohio State's going to have enough points to match Nebraska, uh, especially with how well Nebraska's been shooting the ball. I guess you find a guy who can shoot the ball well over the past couple of games. Nebraska's been putting up good points. I don't think Ohio State's got enough points in I got Nebraska now an eight-point victory at 76-68. to 68. A part of me doesn't like that Bruce Thornton isn't playing because I feel like to everybody else it's going to take some validity away if Nebraska ends up winning tonight. I think they beat him with, that, with Bruce Thornton yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. And I know you could say they already beat Ohio State fully healthy earlier in the year anyway, but 
Yeah, it was at home, the whole, you know, home versus road at, argument. At this but point in the I'm season. I'm reading too much into Nebraska it. Nebraska yeah. and Fred deserve some breaks. Yeah, I was going to say, at this True. point in this season, take your wins where you can get mm-hmm. them, especially whenever you're maybe oh, yeah, one win sure. away. Oh, yeah, sure, Like, whether or, whether or not is, this he is, is playing. This is strictly national perception. Yeah, who cares about national perception at this, I do. At this point? <laughs> I don't care at this point. Like, get a win where you can. This is going to help Nebraska get a win significantly. I think this is big, big news. For Nebraska, and considering it could be the final quad one victory, you need to lock up an NCAA tournament berth, you'll take it where you can get it. So Brian asks a difficult question with this steak and a beer. Uh, If the Huskers win, are we all going streaking? Um, That was in reference to the... uh, In the quad or no? Well, I mean, it was in reference to the old school quote, uh, that road win is is much like that Will Ferrell beer bong, once it hits your lips, it's so good, i.e., getting a, a road win. Uh, the uh, pregame streak versus the postgame, less shrinkage, says Brian, <laughs> from, from a temperature standpoint. Uh, um, that's interesting. Some mitten clips. Uh, away we go. We're well, did, off. Did, did you guys hear the story regarding the Super Bowl streaker on why he ended up Yeah, because he, he, he put he bet on yeah, it. Yeah, he bet money because the, the odds were so against someone being able to pull off streaking. Well, that, that he, he basically paid for his front row Super Bowl seat. He did. He made what forty grand? Forty grand. Which he yeah, put he made in, a lot of which, lot he, which most of it went towards his Super Bowl ticket, but he got to skim some off the top. Did, as didn't well. he make like ten grand in profit? I think that was the number. Yeah, like, something, was, something like yeah. that. And all it cost him was a few a hundred bucks. A, a night in jail, a permanent ban from that stadium. I'm sure. Uh, maybe well, the NFL's probably going to perma- going to going to make sure he's uh, not welcome. So, Husker baseball. Let's talk Charleston. Let's talk Big Red. Charleston was unbeaten. The Huskers, listen, um, you had Drew Christo made a start. What can Nebraska get and expect from him, junior now? And can he can he take the reins? Six and two-thirds, four hits, three runs, two of which were earned. Just one walk and two strikeouts. Nebraska used eight pitchers. Shout out to Kyle Perry. Uh, was nice. Evan Borst came in and helped Perry in the ninth. And then Tucker Timmerman uh, worked uh, uh, one batter and got it handled in the tenth. It went extras. It went extras because Nebraska was down. Uh, they were down 5-1 uh, to one going into the top of the ninth. They score four. And then uh, it worked out well with uh, Bradford. He got a ground rule double. Almost sent it out opposite field. Nebraska bunts him over to third. And uh, and then you get uh, Cole Evans hit a shot to third. The third baseman rushed his throw home as Bradford was able to score from third on a, on a hot smash. Hot smash, as Harry Carey would say, to third. And it, it didn't work out well uh, for College of Charleston, Nebraska. Wins it six to five in ten, and that's that is all sorts of adrenaline. That's all sorts of momentum, and not only the comeback, but then the finish. And how about who Nebraska turns to in the bottom of the tenth to go close it out? We we talked after that first weekend about Dice's impressive performance against Baylor on the opening night, but it's not Dice they turn to in the bottom of the tenth here. They turned to a true freshman, mm-hmm. Tucker Timmerman. And Timmerman's been lights out to start this season. And to turn to him in that moment, late in that ballgame, needing the win, needing three outs, 
says a lot about what Nebraska thinks they have in Tucker Turman. That's a, a guy that's based on how he's played early in the season and probably a likely future starter for you. But to be able to go embrace the role coming out of the dugout every single time he's come in this season, he's been lights out, now going and getting himself a close on the road after a furious comeback. I understand you have the momentum. That's still a, a tough spot to put a true freshman into with the pressure on you, knowing uh, your margin for error is thin, a one-run lead. They turn to him and he goes and closes it out. That says a lot about what Nebraska has in that guy. Well, it's nice to see them kind of flip that script in literally two weeks' time from what you saw in in Arlington a couple of times. You see some late leads slip away. You mentioned putting the ball in the hands of a of a true freshman. I mean, that's not an easy decision to make, first of all, as a skipper. And second of all, it's not an easy situation to go into as an 18-year-old. So a lot of credit to that team, a way to keep battling. And that's what it's going to take to win a lot of games here, especially through the Big Ten, too. I feel like that – you know, they're going to run into some tough midweek games. We saw that last year especially, too. So they're able to find ways to grind these things out. I know it's not going to be as pretty as it was every single time. They're not going to come back from 5-1 to one down in the ninth every time. But if they're able to keep their composure even when things aren't going their way late in ball games, it's going to take them a very, very long way. Huskers are uh, feeling all right. That's two in a row for them, which is good as uh, Nebraska is tied with Ohio State right now, three apiece. Our dear friend KG Kids for Life, three offensive rebounds for Nebraska so far. They gave up one last trip down and uh, a kick out three tied things up. But they're uh, highlighting Fred in his fifth season in his career record, and then they're immediately highlighting the the record Fred has this year. So I mean, how and every crazy Nebraska is fan is get it off the screen. <laughs> how, how crazy there, it seems to be pretty unanimous from our discussion yesterday to, to change topics briefly that everyone's like, yeah, Fred's done enough to earn himself an extension regardless of how the season ends. They hated and, the fact he, we're even talking about it. like duh. Well, it's like you're talking about a guy who is 60 and 91 and I understand the, the momentum of the program, the direction of the program feels different, but we're still talking about a guy that even next season, if he has a season like this one, will not get to 500 overall in his record at Nebraska, which is just a testament to what Fred has put together and how he's flipped the script on what he thought he could do to build up Nebraska with what he actually has had to do to build up Nebraska. It's incredible from Fred that at 60 and 91, we're talking about a contract extension. Well, let's not kid ourselves. Like Some of us thought that there was a chance that, all right, he wasn't going to be back, and record-wise in, in the climate of college uh basketball college sports you got to win relatively early because you're getting paid so much uh you're 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 paid to uh to perform and you're paid to perform early and and i love trev's patience with this because i listen you're you're sick and tired of of the transition the coaching change that's marred multiple programs over the years some more quickly than others so good on nebraska uh, when it comes to uh, just their patience here, because Nebraska is a little sloppy with the basketball. Rink trying to make a move. They're locking yeah. down on him. I think, is it a violation if we just do play by play of the Husker basketball? We will, we will go to the FCC electric chair. It yeah, turned, okay, it that's turned into a Jamison battle three. That's, that's mm-hmm. what happened, everybody. Yeah, we're so. getting dangerously close, fellas. <laughs> so we are not hardwired here. This is all streamed uh, when it comes to what we're watching. So technically, it's not live. <laughs> I guess the, uh, the FCC does tend to operate in technicalities. So let me ask you this, though. <laughs> Husker Baseball College of Charleston, 2-2 two and two an okay weekend? 
You got the first one. Do you want three and one? You want three and one again. You want three and one again. I, yeah. I totally agree with Series, you. Series, you're, you're okay with – if it's two and two, you say, all right, mm-hmm. especially with how the first game went. But I think you want to use the momentum from game one to come back to power you through the rest of the weekend and get to, get to three and one if possible. Well, get caught up with Daddy Burke, get his reaction to FanDuel and the odds for Nebraska to, to win a conference championship, some props – and a weekend outlook of some best bets with Danny Burke. That's on the way. It's Hale Varsity. And we're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. And we welcome in the Pride of Chicago. Danny Burke. Burke's best bets as we all have a. Eye on Nebraska. They're down, what, 13 to 6 early? Down 7. So we are all over here with our stake and a beer bet. Well, we talked about the defense it's over early. already. We talked about the defense early. Plenty of time for Ohio <laughs> State to screw it up, right, Danny? The defensive intensity just hasn't been there, simply put. <laughs> I, yeah, I, this is a tough spot here for Nebraska. Obviously, <laughs> I don't want to call it a must win. It's a, it's a needed game, but we know how they perform on the road. And I know a lot of these sharp betters. I stayed away from this one. I, I know that they head, were back huh? in Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. So once I saw that and equated that with also being on the road, I, I didn't want to touch this one with a ten foot, uh, ten foot pole, fellas. <laughs> so what are you looking at here, Danny? What are you, what are you eyeing here? NBA, NBA, NHL, some college weekend action. I do want to grab your your thoughts though on FanDuel, and a buddy of yours did an article for FanDuel, and Nebraska. What did we figure out? 75 to 1? Seven and a half to one. Seven and a half to one. That's a big difference. Seven and a <laughs> half to one to win the Big Ten next year. An early, early look. A futures bet on the Big Red for uh, Matt Rule's second year. Yeah, you know, I, I was reading over that article, like you said, old buddy of mine from UNL. So shout out to Cody Nagel. He does great work at uh, 24-7 Sports. And he did a really good job with the breakdown. And I think something that was really important, and of course is always going to be important when you're handicapping these win totals, odds to win the conference, whatever it may be, is the scheduling. But in particular this year because of the new additions to the conference. So kind of looking through some of those teams, you could see who has the benefit and who may not. I think a team, not that, you know, I actually believe they're going to win, but could be a sneaky squad in contention. And maybe one you look at over their win total would be Rutgers because they seem to have a very easy schedule that's going to benefit them this year and presumably going to improve year in and year out under Shiano. And they've been a competitive bunch. And now that they're getting out of the East and it's just combined together, that should benefit them. I think Maryland, another team, despite losing Tongue of Iloa, I think they still could be a team worth a look at in terms of getting over their win total. And then obviously you mentioned Nebraska and look, it's, it's bowl game or bust. And this certainly has been the, the mantra each year, but year two is when Matt Rule has succeeded. So the expectations are certainly there. Uh, the scheduling, the first seven games, definitely present a solid opportunity. And, of course, getting Riola there, the five-star quarterback, has to set this team up nicely. So, yeah, you could flirt with the idea of taking them to win the conference, but let's be honest, the viable way to bet it with some of these mid- to lower teams would be their win total. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to who's winning the conference – it, it's it's boring to say, but to me, it's the chalk with Oregon and Ohio State. And I hate saying that as a better looking for value, but honestly, those are the teams I see best fit to do so. 
What do you think of uh, Nebraska takes the lead of Jamarcus Lawrence three and Ohio State comes right back and snags the lead right back? This might be a fun one in Columbus. What do you think of Penn State? feels like there's a lot of pressure on James Franklin. They've been good but not great for mm-hmm. probably about four seasons now. Just continuous. You know what? It's 10-2, and two, but it's not winning the conference. Do you think in a potentially do-or-die season for James Franklin where he's got a lot of returning talent that this could be the year mm-hmm. for the Nittany Lions? You know, I I think a lot of people are going to believe that to be the fact with Penn State, Elijah. The thing that holds me back is the quarterback play with Aller or Lar, forget how you pronounce his last name, but yeah, (laughs) okay, Aller. So with him, there were spots last year that, yes, he, he performed well and you went, okay, this kid has potential, but for a majority of it in the big situations, I just wasn't impressed. Now, yes, he could take a big leap forward, sure, and like you mentioned as well, you're getting a lot of returning talent, but I'm just not someone who's going to chase the steam and this expectation that a lot of the public is perceiving to see come to fruition with Penn State because the conference is going to get harder. Yes, they've been on the harder side of the conference before, but Ohio State, in my mind, gets better. Sure, they may have a leg up on Michigan, but in terms of the Pac-12 competition, I don't think they're going to have enough offense to compete, so I'm not really ready to buy into Franklin and company this year. Danny Burke with us here. Burke's Best Bets. It's Hale Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. Daddy, what's uh, on your radar uh, the end of this week and into the weekend? Yeah, tonight I got a couple player props that I wrote up a bit about. Uh, We got two games nationally televised tonight, one prop in each of those. The first one, the Warriors, who have been a hot streak as of late. They're heading to Madison Square Garden to take on Jalen Brunson and the Knicks. And speaking of kind of chalky, boring plays, these are the two superstars that I am backing their overs. It seems obvious, but I do think they're set up in nice spots. Steph Curry, the first one. I bet him over 26 and a half points at the price of minus 122 earlier today. The Knicks, yes, led by Tom Thibodeau. They do have a stout defense, but where they've struggled has been around the perimeter. They rank 23rd in shot attempts allowed and then shot success rate from deep and well we know what Steph Curry loves to do and it's kind of one of those things as well guys where you see these star players really want to perform extra when you get into the limelight at Madison Square Garden out in LA so Steph Curry's been holding back these past few games hasn't eclipsed 20 points I think he'll be able to do that in a good fashion tonight so I got Curry over his points prop and then the other game also broadcasted nationally tonight a rematch of the NBA Finals. We got Elijah's Denver Nuggets taking on the Miami Heat. I like Denver in the game, but I'm going to wait for a better in-game number, uh, just like yesterday with Denver. They kind of get in these slow spurts, but then once they figure it out, they're on cruise control. And I think Miami in this road swing that they've been on will fall victim to it. Now, the play that I did make, though, was Jokic over his points prop at 25 and a half. The dude averaged over 30 points in the finals against these guys. This is not the same Miami defense that we've been accustomed to. They are brutal from mid-range, specifically short mid-range, and that's where Jokic absolutely dominates. And we know that he can get his own at the rim as well, and that's the next worst part of the Miami defense is defending shots within four feet of the bucket. So Jokic, another top-tier player, prime for a great outing, and I think he's going to display that against a team he did really well against in the postseason. So give me Jokic over 25.5 points, snag that at minus 104. And how well has Jokic been playing? Four straight games where he's gotten a triple-double before the fourth quarter has even started. He's been on one recently, so I like that. We had Moonbot chime in back in hour one, though. He said he's got a parlay tonight, money line on Nebraska, money line on the Nuggets, and he's looking for somebody else for that parlay to take a money line on, Danny. Any thoughts there, or do you tell him to just lock in with the two? 
Okay, let's see here. Well, it, what's it look like? Nebraska's out on top now. Okay, so that we're looking good there. Um, I kind of like the Suns' money line if you want one that isn't that much risk. Yeah, you know, the Suns have just screwed me so many times. Though, like, <laughs> maybe not so many times. It's been like three times. I keep thinking they're set up in a nice situation, and then they blow the lead in the fourth quarter. So if I hadn't got hurt from them in the past, obviously you got to put the blinders on, not have recency bias and take emotion out of it. Yes, the Suns would absolutely be the play for that because they're the better team, and the Rockets are abysmal away from home. But I have a personal vendetta against them, so I won't do it. But for anybody else out there, I'm sure you'll be able to manage it, and they'll cruise easily. So, yes, I would agree with Phoenix probably being a good spot. Danny, like 20 seconds here, a tough question always to answer. But if you had to bet on somebody – Who's winning the national championship in this year's NCAA tournament? I think I'm going to go with Kentucky right now. And it's not that I've done a lot of scouting for these odds. Again, when it comes to college hoops, until we get closer to tournament time, I rely on a lot of other respect to handicappers. They've treated me well with a couple bets. I know some guys like their price and their potential. So I'll claim a little bit of uh, the thought here to the Kentucky Wildcats. Danny, tell folks about your site and podcast real quick. Yeah, BurkeSpeed.com, doing write-ups pretty much every single day, especially now on NBA. Podcasts will be covering that. BurkeSpeed, Spotify, Apple will be covering baseball next week and getting into that soon enough. Daddy Burke at DaddyBurke5. Follow him on Twitter, BurkeSpeed.com. And Pride of Chicago will check in next time. Thank you much. Sounds good, fellas. Have a good one. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, a Thursday, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager back on the road tomorrow at PBA for a live show. And then locally, we'll have plenty of action uh, at uh, state tournament time when we talk uh, PBA and uh, the semis, uh, myself and Elijah will have the nightcap with Southwest in action. And uh, then in front of us, we'll have Connor Clark and uh, Tim Bob doing uh, the North Star Girls game. Got to shout out Tim Berta, uh, Southwest Girls basketball coach. We love Timmy B. Now, we're fans of all Lincoln programs. We're not rooting per se, but Berta's just awesome. 250th career win as head coach of the Southwest Girls last night. And, and, the, El so Paso, and the El Paso crew, uh, his uh, friends and neighbors had the 250 shirts on uh, in the uh, the front row of PBA last night. Well, it just speaks to how, I mean, how how good that program is that he's built. How, eight eight how, straight state trips. Eight straight district titles. Not no, no None of those wild cards. Eight straight trips to state on a district title, up to 250 wins, I believe, in eight seasons. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly fast to be able to, to reach that uh, that point, that mark. Uh, hats off to Tim Baird. That's a that's a really, really good Southwest squad. I mean, everyone knows Kennedy Williams, mm-hmm. that he's got mm-hmm. her this year. But uh, how about um, Griffin, mm-hmm. leading scorer last night, getting into to 20-plus points? She's usually She's like a, a 10 and 10. Vomit away from three. Usually like a 10 and 10 type girl. The fact that you have that on, on your rotation That was as, as good well. a game as I've seen last night. In forever uh, with Southeast Southwest it's a two trading point punches. Game. Yeah, 58-56. Great game. Great season for the Knights, too. Way to, way to get back to state after 11 years. And growing up, man, it was every year it was Coach Larson cutting the nets down for the Knights. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're uh, getting ready for uh, semifinal action tomorrow night on uh, locally here on KFOR. 
And uh, then we're, we're fired up for all of our coverage of Boys State next week. So. Busy, busy couple weeks for all your friends that are in sports media here mm-hmm. in the state of Nebraska. Busy couple weeks, but some of the most fun weeks you'll get all year long. Just preps you, and then you get ready for the, uh, the Big Ten tournament. And then a little madness as uh, the uh, Selection Sunday is coming up the 17th of March. And uh, away you go. Uh, <laughs> I was passing along Danny Burke's, uh, you know, props. He said, give him staff, give him Joker for over the point total. I was passing that info along to uh, a family member. And he's like, how do you know the guy? <laughs> Before Daddy went to, to, to work for Brent Musburger in Wiesen and then went out on his own with Burke's Beat, uh, Daddy worked worked with us before before he was a professional sports gambler yeah, in Vegas. <laughs> before having his own TV show on Vison, <laughs> he uh, he put up with your dad for two hours a day. <laughs> How do you know him? Just take the info, monkey. I mean, just just do just it, do it, Junior. How do you know? Just take it. Uh, <laughs> it seems obvious, Dad. Well, yeah, but Daddy's killing it in Chicago because he is and because he can. So good for him. Sometimes just don't overthink the obvious. No, that's you know? true. Sometimes just don't overthink the obvious. With, well, we're, with, gonna, we're gonna have to Facetime Junior and just say, "Look, uh, tell your, your your sick Delta buddies that, that this <laughs> is gold here." <laughs> the, the the one that's not so obvious to look at Delta is buddies. take the Jokic under on points, rebounds, and assists because he's had all those triple doubles. I think he's got a high score night tonight with maybe not as many assists. We'll see, though. All right, Pod, uh, always find us. Hail Varsity, YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Talk to you tomorrow from PBA.